everyone has some sort of a closet that has become too small. A closet is no place to live, and I want to support as many people as I can in stepping out of that prison into the fullness of life that is waiting for them on the other side of that door. This is Nancy Shadlock from Centered Life Coaching. Join me in listening to these coming out chronicles. Get curious about their stories and then go see what good things are waiting for you on the other side of your closet door. So I got invited to Clubhouse, this new social media app. It's a little crazy. It's super addictive and can be really intense in some of the rooms chatting with people and also really incredible. And so I got into one room with today's guest. And as we were sharing, I thought, oh, you've got to hear what she has to say. And so I'm excited for Naya Grant to come and share her story of coming out with you. There's going to be some mention of suicidal ideation and um, Black trans lives and how they matter and how they haven't always mattered in a lot of people's lives. So join me. It's going to be a good one. Naya Grant, it is so awesome to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a Atlanta native. Um, my 35th birthday is coming up this Sunday. Um, I am a trans activist. Uh, I currently work in commercial real estate, um, but on my side, I do um, trans and queer focus groups with the um, with Grady Hospital and Emory, where I talk to trans youth and queer youth and gender nonconforming, navigating through their bodies and conflicts that they may have. Um, born and raised in Atlanta, like I stated, Atlanta native, um, the oldest of four. Um, my mother's side of my family is from Barbados, so I'm half Asian. It's a fact that not too many people know about me. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. Awesome. Well, let's dive in. Tell us about your coming out story. Okay. So as a trans woman, I've come out multiple times and I'm learning that coming out is something that I have to do often. Um, I grew up, I was born in the eighties, grew up in the nineties to single parent households, um, my, I stayed with my mother a lot. So I noticed at a very young age, I felt different. Um, at the age of six, I could tell that I wasn't like the typical boy or um, I didn't fit in with the other kids. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have that language then. Um, I just knew that I wasn't the same. Um, as I grew older and the dynamic between me and my father shifted because I think he saw the same thing that I was feeling. And since I didn't know that language, he became extremely hyper-masculine towards me. So I guess that was his way of toughening me up. Mm -hmm. um, and there was one time where we were at a restaurant and I heard him say, um, look at those, excuse me, this may be triggering to some, look at those faggots. And to me, I never felt safe enough to have those conversations with him or my mom. Um, but I did talk to my stepmom about it. And I was like, oh, hey, how would you feel if I were gay? And she said, I wouldn't care. I would love you just the same. 
Um, but then she said, well, would you tell your dad? And I was like, no. And I reminded her of that instance. So I kept it quiet. Um, we never talked about it again. Um, once I started high school, I had this best, I had a best friend. He was going through the same things that I was going through, question ourselves, daddy issues. Um, so we met at our, the same point of our lives where we were navigating through our, I was navigating through my gender identity and sexual orientation. He was just navigating through his sexual orientation. We were questioning things and we would exchange notes all the time. Um, my mother found one of the notes and read it. And that was essentially my coming out. Hmm. Um, so she read the note, sat me down when I came home from school and basically questioned me and basically told me um, I've lied to her. She felt like I was deceiving her. Um, and then I was on punishment for two weeks because I lied, essentially. Um, lied about what? She, she felt as if I kept this from her and I don't know that she felt like we were close. I still don't know. We, she felt like we had this closeness and her finding in a letter that I was gay. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And so I was on punishment. So she took all of my clothes. She put it in the trunk. She took my cell phone. So for two weeks and I was a fashionista always. So that was a big punishment for me to have to wear the same outfits over and over again. Um, and then she told my dad and then we never talked about it again. So that was that first instance. And then as I grew up and I started to question more my identity, um, I wasn't exposed to the trans community. I didn't know what it was. I didn't, everything that I saw on TV was like Martin dressed up as Shanene or Jamie Foxx dressed up as Wanda on In Love and Color. So I didn't have a good representation of what I was feeling. And I didn't have a safe space to have those conversations with my parents to have to, to be able to talk to someone to have those conversations. So I had to figure it out on my own. Um, so once I got into college, my freshman year of college, I was exposed to the gay community. I started being able to go to gay clubs and I seen it. And I met another friend, um, same thing. We were going through the same questioning of our lives and our identities, but this friend was questioning their identity the exact same as I was. Um, and we met each other, we became best friends and we essentially started our transition together. So then um, we started our transition. I came to my mom again, cause I moved out at this point and I told her, hey mom, my name is Naya. Um, I am female, I've changed my name. Cause I, I went away and did it on my own. Again, I didn't have a safe space with either of my parents. So I kind of disconnected myself from my family. And that's often the case I've heard from all of my other trans siblings. Um, I disconnected and I came back as this woman. And her first reaction was, I was disrespecting her because I was named after my father and I changed my name and I'm forcing her to, to quickly adjust to this new quote unquote lifestyle that I have. And it was hard to explain to her that it wasn't a lifestyle, this is how I always felt. Um, and then again, once that moment happened, it was another shift in our relationships, the dynamics of me and my parents. And it caused an additional strain because now they are still trying to grasp that I was gay at that when I identified as male. 
And then now that I'm a woman and my name is Naya. So they wanted a, a longer amount of time to grieve the loss of their son in the same breath of still disrespecting the woman that was presenting themselves as I was presenting myself to them. Mm. So as I began Naya, I've transit. I started my transition, my legal transition, 2007. My transition has been a continuous process, and it will forever be a continual process because the transition never ends. Um, I find myself coming out more and often because I have the ability to blend in with the cisgender community. I work a corporate job. I have cisgendered friends. Um, I basically fly under the radar, um, mm -hmm. considered a, a privilege because it's, it's a safety for me as if anyone knows the statistics of black trans women and in our life expectancy, it's safe for me to blend in. But now that I've found more power in my visibility and power in my voice and sharing my story, I find myself coming out to, to have these conversations. And with doing so, I'm finding more confidence in doing it. Because for me, it's people don't know that I'm trans unless I tell them, or they don't feel like what I have to say has validity until I inform them that I am trans and this is my experience. And I guess I get a different ear response from them. Um, but I'm finding more power in that because if, again, for the longest time, was that 13 years, I started my transition in 2007, 13 years I was comfortable blending in. And so now it's forcing myself to come out and be open with it. Because like with, with women, when they come out as lesbian, they only have to do it once. And then people recognize them as lesbian is something that's known. The same thing for gay men, maybe once or twice, but trans women is especially one that blends in with the cisgender community. I have to do it often, especially if I'm trying to shift change and hold these conversations. So even me having conversations on Clubhouse or my platform on Instagram, I constantly have those conversations. I am trans, I am a trans woman of color. I am still a black woman at the end of the day. And so I feel like I come out every day and it's easier more times that I do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I, I uh, reached out to a group one time and was offering coming out support for their members. And one of the leaders was like, well, this is for parents whose kid has come out to them. So once the kid has come out, that's it. I'm like, mm -hmm. no, <laughs> there's constantly going to be coming outs for that kid. And mm -hmm. like, I, I know for myself too, like my, my wife and I were pregnant at the same time. And so mm -hmm. we have these two kids that are 25 days apart and everyone sees them and thinks, oh, are they twins? And we're like, yeah. it's that, that decision, right? Am I going to come out yes. or am I not going right. to? So sometimes right. I was like, yep. And sometimes I'm like, no, actually they're twiblings, twin siblings. My wife and I were pregnant at the same time and like oh, give yes. that opportunity to share with people that there's other ways of doing things than just what they think at service right. level. And I feel like with doing it that way, you found so much power with shifting change and you change their biases with what they think because they already have the preconceived notion. So especially when it comes to trans topics and I'm hearing transphobia and I'm sitting there present and they don't know that I'm trans. 
And then I, I educate them on it. And then they're like, oh, okay, because that's Naya. And then I'm like, well, I am also a trans woman. It shifts that, that train of thought. And I think that's way more impactful in the spaces that I've been in. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've already had their trust, their guard is let down. Yes. Yeah. That, that relationship piece is so important, mm-hmm. I think, for driving change in people's lives. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've seen that over and over too of people that they don't think that a, that being gay or is okay until they meet someone and they get mm-hmm. to know them and they're like oh I really like this person maybe it's okay for people to be gay mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like that the power of having that relationship really shifts it agree so good for you for stepping out into that more and more to share that with Thank people you. This episode was brought to you by Centered Life Coaching. We've just opened the doors for the next shift retreat. It's happening February 18th to 20th, and it's a space for you to come and pay attention to what relationship in your life is ready for a shift. Maybe you just came out and your relationship with your parents is weird. Or maybe your kid just came out to you and your relationship feels stifled. Or maybe your relationship with your partner is ready for a shift. Whatever it is, Shift Retreat will help you get clear on what's been tripping you up in that relationship and how to move forward in a really true and beautiful way. So join us. It wasn't, it wasn't until last year with all the racial injustices and then really turning a blind eye to how it impacted our trans community. And then me feeling safe enough to go out and rally in March. And I didn't feel safe. And I had to realize why I didn't feel safe because of the anti-trans stigma. And so then it, had, then it was a snowball effect. And I was like, okay, well, I need to use my voice to shift that because if I still don't feel safe as a 34 year old woman to go out and support people when they need it, then something has to be done. So I an, immediately become this trans activist. I started looking up organizations. I started reaching out to my therapist. I've started saying like, what can I do to help? I've started having conversations in my workplace that um, we need more representation. And then the moment I started doing that, more people started reaching out to me regarding whether it was parents, whether it was people that were navigating it, navigating that same life decision on their own, whether it was um, people thinking about escaping life, suicide. I've had so many talks with people that just felt like there was no way out. And I was just giving them a beacon of hope. Like I've been there and I'm still here. I'm still present. I have a nice job. I have a nice house. It's all possible. And I'm here with you. And if you need to talk. So I felt power in my coming out, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. ability, because it's literally in my perspective, saving lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you share one of those stories? Like, do you, have you been able to see any of the ripple effects of you sharing your story and what that's done for people? Yes. So um, for example, a trans man reached out to me and he was having questions about bottom surgery and speaking publicly about it because he wanted to be a trans activist and he wanted to speak and he, you know, just finding his voice. Um, So I have this group on Clubhouse, it's called What's the LGBT? Well, I'm a part of the group. Um, He joined the group and we 
he wouldn't say anything. Um, but then he would message me privately and I was, and I'll talk to him about it and I let him know, you know, these are some things you say, we would love to have you chime in to show some more support. Um, we put him on the stage. I'm sure you, you're familiar with how Clubhouse works. We brought mm-hmm. him on the stage and you can hear the quiver in his voice because it was his first time speaking his truth. Mm-hmm. First time him stepping out on it and affirming himself. Because it's one thing to do it privately, but it's it's a bigger thing to do to affirm yourself publicly. Um, and then now to see him now host rooms all by himself. Mm-hmm. With, trans man and it's just a proud moment just to see he found his voice and he found his purpose and he's standing firm in his truth it's- yes mm-hmm. and that gives you life too to keep yes going. yes 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 it means yeah. i have to touch more people because mm-hmm. yeah. i didn't have that growing up I didn't have a trans woman that was out having these conversations. We didn't have Clubhouse. I was the generation, I was the generation before we even had dial-up internet. <laughs> you know, so there wasn't a resource that we had. We didn't have anything. If it wasn't on TV, it didn't happen. So I have to be that change that I would love to see in the world. So you hosting these conversations, me hosting these conversations. It's, it's, it's so many more things that we need to do to, to, to make it normal, you know? Um, if you followed me on Clubhouse, you know I go into those rooms, especially with the cisgender community where they're still trying to understand the trans and the LGBT community. So I go into those rooms a lot because it's not easy to trigger me. Um, I've done a lot of shadow work, so I know how to navigate through my triggers to still have a conversation. So I am able to have tough conversations, no matter how awkward it is. Um, I can hear things differently. I know when someone's being disrespectful and offensive versus someone just is learning. I know how to decipher between the two. Whereas not, uh, it's not taboo anymore. My existence is not taboo. Your existence isn't taboo. Trans men, they're not taboo. Non-binary people, it's not taboo. We have to and I, I don't want people to feel like they have to be forced to come out because it, you have to be ready for that. Again, as, as a trans woman, coming out has a safety thing. Like I, I have a safe, I have to make sure that I feel safe for my life because there are still a lot of people that don't agree with my identity. People still don't understand and they react in violence. Um, but I do think that they're the ones that are willing to be out and visible. We need more representation so that we can continue to hold these conversations and spaces where we are shifting change. So I'm doing it at work. I'm hosting training sessions. I did a transgender 101. I did a transgender 202 of what to say, what not to say, how we need to shift bathrooms and how is gender inclusive to how we need to address emails, how we need to address each other. So I'm holding those conversations. I'm shifting in every which way I go. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> you go, Naya. Thank you. Something I keep saying is visibility is liberty. Mm-hmm. And I believe in trans liberation. Mm-hmm. And as you get more visible, you're feeling more liberated and you're showing liberation that it's possible for other people. Correct. So awesome. Thank you. I found uh, purpose. Yeah, that's so <laughs> awesome.
How can people find you? On, so all of my names are the same on my Twitter, my Instagram, and on Clubhouse. My name is Je suis Nile, it's French. So it's J-E-S-U-I-S-N-I-I-L-E-E, all one word, Je suis Nile. On all platforms, I have a Twitter, I have an Instagram, and I am on Clubhouse. And I respond to everything. So if people have questions, if you need more understanding about how to come out, when you're ready to come out, if people have questions about just the trans experience, well, a trans experience, because it's it varies from person to person. Um, um, parents, non-binary, what does that feel like? How do I navigate if my child is trans? What do I do if my child comes to me and tells me that they're trans? If they feel as though they're gender non-conforming, how do I use the pronouns them and they? How do I approach someone if I'm unsure if they're trans? I have all of that. And if you go to my page, I actually have slides. It's trans 101, trans for dummies. I've broken it all the way down where you can share it. You can post it on your platforms. I have the do's, the do nots, just so that we are people. Every We, we just want the same level of respect. We are fighting for the same rights. We are still fighting to use bathrooms in certain states. Yeah. That's awesome that you have it all laid out like that. I do. What, what page is it on? On my Instagram. If you go to my Instagram, yeah. I have it all posted. Awesome. Uh, you can break out the difference between sexual orientation and gender identity because people always assume if you're trans, that means you're gay. You can be trans and heterosexual. You can be trans and homosexual. You can be trans and pan. You can be trans and di- you can be tr- trans is a gender identity. And I, bro- mm-hmm. I have a genderbred. That's what it's called, <laughs> genderbred. And it talks, it breaks out the four parts. It talks about anatomy. It talks about sexual orientation, gender identity, and expression. Because I can be trans, a trans woman, and express myself masculine and still be heterosexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit in combination. It is. It is. I've broken it all out. Yeah. And I, I look forward to the day when everyone feels comfortable to play. Mm-hmm. with all the different things like because we all have masculine and feminine in us mm-hmm. and we get socialized into only being one or the other and so Correct. the more that we can explore all of the masculine and feminine in us I think the more healthy our whole world will be mm-hmm. Grace Jones once said it she's my idol she said I am I'm oftentimes asked Am I masculine or feminine? And I also have to tell people that I'm both. Sometimes I'm more masculine than I am feminine. And I have to agree. There's, especially as a woman, a black woman, there are some times where I have to be more masculine than I am more feminine. I'm both. And I've gotten to a point where um, throughout my transition, especially with coming out, I needed, it was important to me to be identified as a woman, only a woman. And then when I went through, as I continued to transition, it was important for me to, for people to know I'm a trans woman. But now I'm at a point where I am, period. Hmm. Just we. Just we, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story with us today. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. I'm going to go look at your page now.
(laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Coming Out Chronicles. If you enjoyed it and you think it would be helpful for someone else, please share it with them. If you'd like to connect with me, reach out on social. I'd love to support you in the next chapter of your coming out story. I can help you know yourself, free yourself, and be yourself. Until next time, this is Nancy Shadlock from Centered Life Coaching.